Now here's my friend Shane, surfer, all well-rounded entrepreneur, world traveler. And like, hey, cleaners wanted. And I went on Thumbtack and said, we do cleaning. We had never done a single cleaning. We just sent it. And yeah. Sometimes I feel like uh, the, the less you know, in a way, the about better. an industry, the better, because you have the yeah. balls to do it. Exactly. Here we go. Shane Furbaugh. Oh! Three balls, two strikes, pressure is on. This is where we discuss real estate, property improvement, and business. Together, we'll strategize on how to win. Welcome to the Full Count. I think you're like the perfect guest to be on because I find you very cool. You know, you're casual dude, likes to have fun, but you get down to the details and business and get shit done. Thank you. I really appreciate that. Yeah, man. So tell the audience, if you can, what you do in terms of currently with Glisten Co. Mm -hmm. If you can explain what that is, would Definitely. be perfect. Okay. So I run a cleaning company slash property management group. Um, we've been running the cleaning company for a little over three years now. And property management started up about one year ago. Okay. And you're a San Diego native, so you're doing this in San Diego. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I, I grew up in Point Loma, Ocean Beach area, went to Point Loma High School. Um, I was in surf PE all four years of high school. Nice. So yeah, I've been playing in the ocean since I was two years old and surfing since I was eight. Um, yeah, I definitely love the ocean. What does surfing and the ocean do for your mental state of mind? Because I feel like I, I tend to get along with a lot of surfers. I tell my fiance, I tend to have like good relationships with surfer type mm -hmm. people. Um, I think it's just because they're like calm and cool, collected type yeah. people. But what would you say it is that like brings you the fascination to surf? Um, I mean, I'm literally addicted to surfing. Here we go. Shane Furbaugh. Oh! oh! What did I say? First what wave. What the fuck? What did I say? That was sick. For me, yeah, the way you brought that up, like a mental peace of mind, it, uh, it provides that for you. If you just got through a crazy breakup or you have a hard day at work and you can just get out in the ocean for one hour. Mm -hmm. For me, that's the best way to just relax and reset and, you know, put yourself in a position where you can look at the world from a different perspective that mm -hmm. there's just so much out there. That's so much that the world is huge. I and mean, we're just a small part of it. Right. And yeah. it's just very humbling. You know, when a 12 foot wave crashes on your head, like, I'm underwater flowing back and forth. There's not a single soul on the earth that knows where I am. I'm under the water, but I'm out there battling for my life and I pop back up <laughs> and it's just me and the ocean and that's it, period. Right. I have to paddle back out and do my thing. So it's it's humbling. Yeah, I think you would get along that's with surfers. That's the word, humbling. Yeah. I think that's right. I think you get along with surfers because they, they have that perspective that they aren't all that shit you know like a lot right. of people are very cocky nowadays and i think that it, it brings you back to earth i think you're right because i i do find that they're not all i mean I'm, I'm speaking very vaguely about surfers right but a lot of the surfer friends i know they like to have a good time they live in the moment mm -hmm. um and what else um they're not chasing flashy things mm -hmm. and but you're a little bit different too where you're ambitious as hell like me mm -hmm. so you have like uh, a moment of like in terms of like calmness, but at the same time, you you flip the switch and become a, a hungry mm -hmm. businessman. I'm always trying to find the balance between 
I want to be rich as hell and have 10 homes all around the world. But at the same time, I'm a simple guy. If I had a one bedroom apartment and I could eat food for the rest of my life and you're happy, had a nice girlfriend and a surfboard, I'm happy. That's all I need. 100%. I'm the same way. So like, I'm very ambitious, just like you in terms of like wanting all these properties that Mm -hmm. I can visit, cash flow. But at the same time, buy myself a small place that I can always fall back on. And if I need to fall back on it, and as long as I have enough money to eat, enough money to go out every now and then to a restaurant, go to the ocean, I'm content as hell. I don't need anything else from that. Definitely. I see that. Yeah. So that's good, man. Okay. So Glisten Co., thank you for explaining that. Mm -hmm. How did this get jump started? Okay. So prior to starting Glisten Co., so I was a talent agent in Hollywood for about two years, Okay. working for a commercial agency. It was a startup um, through a friend that I met in film school up in Santa Barbara. And yeah, my friend was also super ambitious. He was working for an agency before, learned his thing for about a year and a half and just ran with it. He's like, I'm going to start my own. He actually took a lot of the talent from that last place he was working at because the place that he was working at was not very good i can go into that later um but um (laughs) yeah basically i was a commercial agent working hard and i was just i wasn't liking the la scene i was over la and my friend patrick reached out to me and said hey um i'm trying to start this cleaning company if you're interested and i I just jumped on it i moved to san diego and we moved moved back home you mean yeah moved back home from la back to san diego and yeah we just Started an LLC, posted an ad on Craigslist, like, hey, we have cleaners wanted. Just basically, it was a front at that point because we didn't have a company. (laughs) I posted an ad on Craigslist with no company, like, hey, cleaners wanted. And I went on Thumbtack and said, we do cleaning. We had never done a single cleaning. We just sent it. And yeah. Sometimes I feel like uh, the the less you know, in a way, about an industry, the better because you have the balls to do it. Exactly. So that's a good point. It's almost like beginner's luck. I didn't have a preconceived notion of I need to be doing this. I need to be doing that. I just was like, I'm happy to be doing anything in this industry and let's, let's fucking go. I'm ready. Yeah. Because there's people out there that want to get all their ducks in a row Mm -hmm. before they even make the first move. Exactly. And that can kill your productivity. Definitely. So no, that's really cool. So would you say as as a startup that you had in the cleaning company, um, was it also helpful because costs were probably low, mm-hmm. I would imagine, in, in the in the way that you kind of um, did this with Patrick? Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I'm as I'm sure all of you guys are aware, when 2020 started, we were in uh, quite a hiatus. Right. And yeah, the market was shot. Everything was going down the toilet. And we kind of capitalized on that because a lot of companies were going down and we were able to step right in to the marketplace i feel like mm-hmm. by the way shane brought these beers what are these hazy ipas it's the stone amazingly hazy ipa nice tastes like a lotus in your mouth <laughs> and what's really cool is that i was telling shane that this is the first time i've ever drank alcohol on a podcast so really? being the first yeah every time it's always only been um you know, whatever, like water, coffee, Red Bull. So now cheers you're, to that. Now you're with the cool guy. So there now I'm with the cool guy, and hopefully we can do some of these, you know, more often in the future. <sighs> yeah, I'll be down to come back sometime. Very tasty. 
Um, okay, so you you're doing this cleaning company. You started in 2020. Um, there comes a point where you scaled and and added a, an additional service. How mm -hmm. many years after from 2020 did that happen? So after two years. Okay. I mean, I'll be honest. Our first year, we were kind of scrambling. Me and Patrick did all the cleanings. We did all that. There was a full. I mean, I could list off everything: marketing, back end, designing the website, everything. And doing the cleanings on top of that, it was draining, you know. I would imagine, yeah. It's not a good business model. If I today was doing all the cleanings, I wouldn't have any time to work on the back end. Right. Um, anyways, after two, after a year of that, figured out what we wanted to do. We had about three employees at that point. Another two years go by, or another one year goes by, and we set ourselves up to be a little more organized and set. And mm. after two years of that, we had about five employees. We had a couple of commercial clients. We're building up our residential recurring clients. Nice. And we said, I think we're ready to start our property management side of this. We added a new branch. And yeah, now we do Airbnb short-term rental management for okay. 20%. 20% of? 20% of the gross revenue from Airbnb that our client makes. Mm -hmm. So say you have a three-bedroom home. We'd probably rent that out for... 400 bucks a night, let's say. And then we, you know, 30 days in a month, we, we like to say 20. So 20 times 400, mm -hmm. we would take 20% of that Okay. to manage, take photos. Um, we have a maintenance team. We also obviously have a full cleaning service. So we create a binder package for the guests with check-in, check-out procedures, all right. the nicks and knacks of the home. Oh, there's a hike down the street. Check this out. We create this whole binder, set it on the desk. We do the photos, marketing, everything, maintenance, cleaning. So the client really just gets to sit on the couch and watch TV for giving us 20%. Convenience. Convenience for the client, yeah. like peace of mind. Okay. Exactly. That's what so, we try to provide. Nice, dude. And no, no, that's really exciting. And I remember when we were having um, drinks the other day and, and you mentioned something about the noise cancellator. Or not, not cancellator. It's like a noise it's a noise sensor. Sensor. There you yeah. go. Tell so, me about that. Yeah. So we also provide a, a noise sensor basically right on the wall or the ceiling mounts right on there. And 24 seven, I can open the app on my phone and it shows me the decibel level of the home. So that's important to a homeowner. Say you're a 70 year old woman and you have this home that you've had for a long time and you right. really care about it. You want that peace of mind that at any time, this guy staying in my house could throw a huge rager with 100 <laughs> yeah. people. How do I know that right. that's not going on? Well, we have a noise sensor on the wall. And if the noise level gets above 80 decibels, it gives us a notification immediately on our phone. And I call the guest right then and there and say, hey, this is your first warning. I know you're having a party. You're having a great time. That's great. You need to keep the noise down Slow for the down. neighbors. It's a neighborhood. Yeah. Um, and yeah, let me like, please keep it down. If it happens again, yeah, what happens? And I tell them, I'm sorry, but I'm going to need to evict you if I have to give you one more warning. This is your second warning. And the right. third warning, I evict him. Let's just lose the 200 bucks and make sure the client's happy. I see. Because that's more important than the 200 bucks, obviously. For sure. So we just kick him out right away. So, yeah, we scare him with the we're going to evict you thing. Usually that normally works, works right? 95% okay. of the time they say, okay, and they kick everybody out. But that is there. We have a noise sensor just in case for that peace of mind. Right. Well, I know that makes a lot of sense because producing a ton of noise in the neighborhood obviously is a big issue for people. Oh, yeah. 
especially for the homeowner, that's probably what they're fearing, right? Like a partier coming in and just destroying their house and mm -hmm. making everyone pissed off. Oh, yeah. And then they can no longer do Airbnbs. Mm -hmm. uh, so I, I know you mentioned Patrick uh, had given you a call and said, hey, um, you know, go ahead and let's start this business, right? Mm -hmm. Was there a particular reason why it was in the industry of cleaning in, in terms of like the, the beginning portion um, of the business? Yeah, I mean, probably the biggest industry is that there's zero startup costs on like, mm -hmm. a lot of businesses that are started today. Um, we also had been previously working at a hotel. Patrick had been there for five years. He was the assistant manager. I was just a front desk guy for about a year um, until I quit. But basically, we had the little, a little background in hospitality. We knew the house cleaning staff, and we just kind of hashed one day like, hey, we could just hire our house cleaning staff to do cleanings on a certain day. And wait a sec, we could just go on Craigslist and post an ad <laughs> and right. create a brand LLC, everything and just go. I mean, there's zero startup costs. Yeah. We just might as well nice. try, you know? Yeah. Was it scary when you did that? Cause I mean, startups are, I mean, from my experience doing a startup, mm -hmm. two startups and then becoming a realtor, I get, I remember those times where I, I felt like, holy shit, what I am I doing? some butterflies in the stomach. Exactly. Sure, yeah. yeah. What am I doing with my life right now? Right, right. Did you should see? have a job. I need to be making money. There you go. There you go. Because I saw a ton of my friends pass me by for a little bit when they were, you know, they went to school and then they got a job. Mm -hmm. And I was over here like, what the hell am I doing? Yeah. My friend's working on a job. He's making money. I'm making nothing at the startup. But then right. in four years. You surpass him. I'm about to, yeah, make a quick switch to the left lane. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> that's my plan <laughs> that's that's the way to do it and and the flexibility comes with entrepreneurship which is always amazing i mean you're your own boss you don't have to worry about anyone telling you what to do mm -hmm. um so i think that's like honestly the most important that's my piece of mind right besides being a, in the middle of the ocean yeah well that's humility. i mean yeah tie right back into it i'm able to wake up in the, my my day-to-day -day is i wake up i check the calendar what cleanings we have going on today and check my google ads check the emails right what new clients are we trying to get at? I mean, in, in two hours, I can figure all that out. Mm -hmm. And then I pretty much go surfing all day. Dude, that's and then, insane. Yeah, right when I get out of the water, I'm checking my emails back to it. I'm making sure Miguel's okay. And, um, Miguel's who? One of their... Miguel's one of my employees. Yeah, he's, he's one of our biggest vacation rental cleaners right now. We also work... It's funny because we're a vacation rental management company, but a lot of our clients are vacation rental management companies, like seven... Of those companies are our biggest clients because we're a cleaning company as well so mm -hmm. we do cleanings for their vacation rentals um nice but yeah so miguel is one of our vacation rental cleaners and then tell me about um i was going to ask you i have i have some questions about uh, you mentioned google ads but before we get into google ads okay glisten co why the name and what's the logo um i actually hatched the name glisten I just thought it was a name that when you hear it's got a certain ring, glisten, it's to say something negative about it. I say the word glisten and people go, what? Listen, what? It is a little weird, but once you figure it out, glisten, you know, like a ding. Like, like a little shine, right? A glistening yeah. shine on the house. Clean. After I thought it sounded clean. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. And what about the logo? And the logo. What's up with that? Um, I'm actually wearing a shirt right now. I could show, show us, this. man. Show us the shirt. Take a look. Um, yeah, I'm not gonna rip my whole shirt off, but you there can you see go. this. We got the little turtle. Um, we do 
donate 5% to charities that save the reef. That's why we got the sea turtle on there. It says Glisten Co. Cleaning Projects. Nice. Um, we got some cool merch. If any of you guys like to check it out, we can definitely provide that. What's the website? Glistenco.com. Glistenco.com. Go check it out, everyone, so you can get your own shirt, especially if you're a Californian, want to have something cool. That'll be good. Why the turtle, though? What was the reason for that? I love sea turtles. Um, How come? About a year and a half. I mean, they're just so majestic. But about a year and a half ago, me and Patrick went on a trip to Cabo San Lucas. Okay. And I know it's really cool beach down there where you can go snorkeling. And one day, me and Patrick just by ourselves, we just went to Walmart, bought the snorkeling gear that day, and drove to the beach. And we were diving just out there in this crystal clear 88-degree water. And Patrick, at one point, I will never forget, he grabbed my shoulder underwater like, Shane, look this way. And he points this way. And there's a – it must have been at least five feet long, huge sea turtle just – flying through the water, wow. flapping his wings. And I literally like grabbed the shell and like rode him for a while. You did? For real? Oh, yeah. I was riding that and thing. I was like, they're friendly with people? I'll never. Sort of? Yeah. And that's another reason I love sea turtles. They don't have a defense mechanism. They're, they're just the most peaceful. Mm-hmm. They, they, I don't think they would even bite if they could. I, I'm sure they would right. if they really had to. But they're just, even me holding his shell, he's just like, what are you doing? But he just keeps flying. Like, <laughs> he's just so majestic. That's and just, funny. Reminds me of the Finding Nemo movie where the, the guy's like a – I think it's a surfer voice, and he kind of yeah. sounds like he's a little high a little bit. Uh-huh. And he's just chilling, right? He's all fried and yeah. shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah fried. He's like a go. surfer guy. I mean, I think they created that character in that way because sea turtles are just like that. Right. He's like, what's up, man? Yeah, like he's just very so, easygoing. So there's a reason for the, um, the logo. So, I mean, I'll never forget that day. That really cemented in my mind just, just the beauty of the ocean and – I, yeah, it was just a very eye-opening experience for me. Like, wow, that sea turtle is just out here. And the humans are just destroying the reefs that he's living on. It just kind of hurts. Right. Hurts my soul a little bit. And that's why you give 5% of your company profits to reef saving Coral reefs? Exactly, yeah. Right. Yeah, 5% of our profits go to reef-saving charities. Um, Oceana, Save the Reef. There's a lot of companies. but Because um, reefs are... Plan- Sorry, sorry, real quick. Our plan is to make enough money to actually make a difference in in cleaning up our oceans because, yeah. Because I was going to say coral reefs are equivalent to like land. And when it comes to land, like plants and trees, they give oxygen, right? Mm -hmm. Coral reefs do the same things, but in the ocean. Mm -hmm. Exactly. In fact, the trees, everybody thinks, oh, the trees make all the oxygen. They make about 20 to 25% of the oxygen we breathe. The other 75% is created by reefs in the ocean. Mm, wow. A lot of people don't know that, but yeah, once the fishing industry kills all the fish in the ocean and the reefs start to die, nothing on this planet that's walking the earth is going to be able to breathe. They're all going to die. So yeah, I think we should invest into saving the reefs for sure. Mm-hmm. Is that like an outlook that most surfers have in terms of, do you guys all kind of talk about that? Oh yeah. More reefs? Yeah. I mean, almost every surfer I talk to, cares about the ocean enough to actually do something about it. I mean, I pick up trash on my way out of the ocean on the way to the the showers. I'm picking up trash in the sand every day. I think if we can all set an example and and, and try Mm -hmm. to just do what you can, Mm -hmm. pick up two pieces Mm -hmm. of trash per day, if all 8 billion of us did that, That I think it would really make a difference. Very helpful. Yeah. Yeah. Um, What's your favorite beach? 
to surf. Favorite beach. That's a hard one. Um, I know OB's where you kind of. I surf Sunset Cliffs. Sunset Cliffs. Almost every day. My favorite wave in California is El Capitan State Beach. Where's that? Just north of Santa Barbara. Okay. It's a really good point. I actually should not be saying this. Don't yeah, do, do not go <laughs> surf there. You're just letting the secret out, dude. Know, That's shit. between you and I. Okay. You know? I shouldn't have asked you that. That's my Damn, bad. That's fucked up. Actually. <laughs> where's a good where's a good uh beach to go to? Uh the OB Pier. OB Pier. The OB Pier. That's or HB Pier. HB HB Pier. HB. HB, yeah. That's funny. <laughs> no, I mean, I want to. I want to definitely take up surfing eventually. I know I've told you this, but dude, I can't. I don't make the time. You could if I you know. chose to. I, I know, know you have the time. I, everybody has the time. Everybody has the time. I know. But they all say, ah, I just don't the time. "Yeah, it's a lie." I'll be real with you. It's a lie. I know. No, I, I invest my time in other things, but I definitely should probably shift some of my um, hobbies to maybe that. You out of anyone, I feel bad saying that because I know you do yeah. really organize and, and, and yeah. set your time. You're a very productive guy. Super productive. That's Anything and everything amazing. I do, I need to see a return of some sort. Um, I work like seven days a week. Wow. Yeah. But I enjoy it. I enjoy it for now because I don't want to do this forever. Exactly. But I'm a young dude. When like you're young, you, hustle. Yeah. yeah. Right. Um, so, yeah. And, okay. So, let's go back to Google Ads. Google Ads. Um is that that's a, a way of you getting clientele, right? Definitely. So we invest about two thousand dollars per month in SEO marketing alone, just to re rerun our backlinks, our CTR. We want to get our conversion rates up. You know, the way that Google's algorithm reads our website is everything moving into the future, because if you they they have a thing if you look at say 10 people call a house cleaning company in one day obviously it's more than that but out of 10 nine out of 10 found that person on google mm. and the one old lady that like made a call out of the yellow pages you know but like right. moving into the future that's where it is making sure that google's algorithm is reading you well is very important for sure and it's getting more and more and more important as we move on now what's the difference between going directly to google ads Versus, and I'm asking you because it's important to me as a business person and then other people that are watching are into like business startups. <laughs> so Google ads going directly and paying them directly. What's, what's the difference between doing that or what's the result outcome of doing that versus like um, paying someone that does SEO, like a, a marketing agency of some sort? Well, you should be doing both. Okay. I would argue that you could kind of choose um paying a thousand bucks on google ads versus paying a thousand bucks for seo right now this month probably gonna do about the same thing but investing in your seo first as a base mm -hmm. is going to set you up for success and then if you do google ads on top of that it becomes an exponentially <clears throat> greater odd that you're going to get seen because your algorithm's up and you're advertising on top of that on google ads mm -hmm. if you just do google ads It'll be great. And the second you stop paying for Google ads, it's all it's gonna, gone. Um, but you're setting you're setting a base and you're you're throwing a little exponential AdWords on top of that is definitely the way to do it, I would say. So then it's a matter of from how I interpret what you just said, it's a matter of doing SEO as like the foundation, and then you add Google ads to exponentially build up business 
mm -hmm. in terms of the marketing. But so would you say like implementing SEO or a person, hire a person specifically for that, like every quarter to set you up for that and, and continue the Google ads or? Um, I think Google ads is I mean, alone. Google ads is a means to an end. Like you're definitely, if you pay 500 bucks a month, 2000 bucks a month for Google ads, it's going to push your name to the top of the list. Mm -hmm. The second you stop paying Google, they don't care about you. You go back down. Mm -hmm. Your SEO is going to set your backlinks and your, your, your foundation in the internet on a higher level that like, uh, if I stop doing SEO, my SEOs, if I stop paying, it'll still be good for the next six months to a year. It'll slowly dissipate. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you know, I get that. So yeah, having that SEO backing and definitely Google ads is also just, it's just like a, it's like a booster shot. It's just going to like shoot sure. you up a little bit. Now, is this separate from doing social media, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook? No, we definitely post on Instagram. Every no, I day. know, but is it like, is it a different sort of like an algorithm in terms of picking up, picking you up on Google? I would say in a way, right? Sorry, rephrasing. Is Google ads a different? Is, is Google ads like if you just do Google ads, but if you don't do social media, will you still be okay, or should you also do? social media at the same time as Google ads. You like, would be okay. okay. Uh, I think okay is a good word to describe it. Um, you want to be doing Google ads and SEO and Instagram and Facebook. Got it. Definitely. So sponsoring LinkedIn. is good on yeah. Instagram and things like that. Instagram promotions are good depending on the market that you're in. Okay. So if I was a, a TikTok star, then yeah, investing on Instagram would be huge for sure. Um, if I'm a construction company, okay. House cleaning, is more, you know, a 50 year old mom wants a house cleaning because she's tired of picking up after her kids. So right. she's not exactly an Instagram activist. For our market, it's not the best. We don't invest a lot of our money into Google or into Instagram ads mm -hmm. because of the market that we're in. Um, but it is important. We definitely post on our story three times a day. We post on our Instagram every day um, just to keep that up. And it's, it's setting a base for the next five, 10, 20 years. Mm -hmm. You want to, your following is going to slowly go up as long as your content's coming out. Right. So it's really also a matter of knowing your audience. Definitely know your audience. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's from there, choose which market you want to put your money into. So for us, maybe Instagram might not be the best, but have you heard of next door? Yeah, that's good. So next door for yeah. a cleaning company, that's really good because sure. that's all, old ladies whining about traffic or and bullshit. Yeah. So like, yeah, that's, that's the market we're trying to get into. Yeah. And next door is next door is really good. Cause I see a lot of locals do a lot of back and forth on posts and comments because mm -hmm. they're homeowners. Most of them. Sorry, old ladies. I don't mean to like be discriminating <laughs> out here. I'm just You're not, but that's just the reality. To, that's the reality. It's yeah, the reality. Yeah, we're going to get exactly. there eventually. I mean, I hope, right. That's yeah. the hope. Um, okay, cool, man. So, um, in terms of your okay, so this is this was what I found important about you is you're like a well-rounded traveler. You travel different countries, um, and I just find that fascinating, just because of the fact that you're able to use whatever you learned outside of the U.S. and can apply it to your business. I would imagine. Mm -hmm. So, do you have any any insight with that Definitely. stories? Um, yeah. So, I think for me. Growing up surfing kind of set the tone for seeing that I'm a small part of this world and, and wanting to do what I can with the life that I have. Life is short for sure. 
Um, mm -hmm. But now growing up, I've been to 17 countries, been to 10 countries in Europe, nice. three countries in South America. And after seeing what I've seen, the favelas in Brazil, the slums of Peru, like outside of the airport are fucking crazy. Um, seeing what I've seen has opened my mind up to just how fortunate I am and, and how much is out there that, mm -hmm. that people in America just don't see or are even aware of. Right. Um, which puts me in a position where I feel like I'm responsible to do something with my life and, and hopefully on top of that, even make a difference. It's trying to donate to charities that save the reef, whatever. Um, and really make something myself. Right. Yeah. Cause I feel that a lot of people that stay here in the States and they don't travel, mm -hmm. they don't know how good we have it here. Mm -hmm. Like you were saying in the favelas and the slums of that's Peru point, and things yeah. like that. Yeah. Oh, that's 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 huge um but i think you had mentioned earlier to me from when we were hanging out the other day about communication mm -hmm. can you can you tell us like how you tie that back into your business from what you learned when you're traveling um because there's a lot of different people that live in the states different ethnicities cultures so i guess i learned how to communicate with more facets of like types of people you know I will say one time I was on an island called Florinopolis in Brazil on a surf trip and we just went to go surfing. We didn't know, but apparently it was fishing season mm -hmm. the month that we were there. So certain beaches on the island where they would have signs on the beach, like you're not allowed to surf here, like no one can go in the water right. because you're going to scare away the fish. It's like a special fishing season. And usually we respected the rules, but this one day it was really good. And we were like, fuck it, let's go. <laughs> we just ran out there and surfed. About 45 minutes into our surf session, we could just hear this like roar in the background. Like, what is that? And we look on the beach and there's like 30 fishermen with scythes and swords and no way. knives. and With weapons? Yeah, they're screaming, like waving at us to go in in Portuguese and we're like, all right, we got to go in at some point. So let's let's ride Dude, in yeah. and talk to him. Um, How many guys are in the in, in the ocean surfing with you? So me, my boy Nick, and Danny and Christian, his two little brothers, so four guys. Four guys? Yeah, yeah you guys would have no chance. No. Okay. We're just soaking wet, freezing, in wetsuits yeah. and surfboards. Yeah. Right. No chance. And, uh, yeah, we ran up. My, my, my buddy Nick thankfully spoke a little Portuguese, so he was able to be like, hey, man, I'm sorry. Like, we're just trying to surf like oh, i respect you i'm sorry and he like kind of was okay with it but at some point was like "Fuck you and literally stuck a scythe <laughs> into his surfboard wow um, he had to like yank it out and and he was like all right i'm, I'm done reasoning with these guys let's just start running like we need yeah. to get out of here to save our yeah. lives right now we all started sprinting down the beach and once we started doing that they started it was like a movie like they're chasing us down the beach uh, do you do you feel like all your like your your heartbeats like throbbing and on your neck you uh, is that yeah. you feel like you feel everything right right now i feel fine but yeah no then i was it felt like a mood i thought i was gonna die literally i right. thought i was gonna die it was it was a life-changing experience i yeah learned that i just yeah you can't you can't pussyfoot around you gotta be able to stand <laughs> your ground you gotta sure. know how to talk to people you gotta yeah, you gotta be, you gotta know how to how to be there and have a presence. So, from that experience, how how did you? What did you realize about yourself in the business world? 
that anything can happen at any time. Yeah. You got to be ready for anything. I mean, I could have a client that's ready to shut my business down with a horrible review or right. do something that could really tarnish our name, like whatever. Right. And I got to be ready to deal with that in the best way that I can and, and not hesitate and mm -hmm. just be ready to act at any moment. Okay. So and did you realize that you were, um, you weren't super the nervous type at that time? You kind of like were, I mean, you were definitely nervous, but you were able to handle your own in a way. Yeah. And escape. I mean, my nerves aren't made of steel, but I was able to stand up, turn around and, and, and make sure I was doing what I needed to be doing right. at, that, at that moment. Yeah. Right. Good. Well, no, I mean, this is great. I, but in closing, I want to ask you about like, uh, and you might've covered a little bit, but like, because this is full count channel, right? So like pressure moment, three, two, mm -hmm. you're either going to make it on base or you're going to get that was a high out. pressure moment right there. That sounds like it, but do you have another full count moment where you had a bunch of pressure and you were able to overcome it or in that case, escape it? Yeah. What'd um, you say? One time I was on a bus with my buddy Cyrus, um, we were crossing the border from Denmark into Sweden, mm -hmm. and we did have a little bit of hash in our pocket because um, Denmark's fucking awesome. They they don't give a fuck. Sweden, on the other hand, <laughs> does give a fuck. Oh and no! We thought it was gonna be all good. We had like a little bit of hash, and the the Swedish government brings these drug dogs onto the freaking bus. They sniff it out and. They pulled us into the police station and made us get fully naked, stripped us down, ripped our assholes open to like search for drugs and all this shit. <laughs> and and me and my friend Cyrus were like, nah, man, like I don't know what you're talking about. Like he's like, what is this? What is this? He's holding a Ziploc bag with like 0.1 hash. We like nothing. All right. He's like, what is this? What is this? Like I don't know. What it's like a button bag. It's just like a button bag. I don't know. I don't know what that is. And I was able, we were able to just hold our ground and be like, no, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. So you held your ground and didn't give in to what they were trying we didn't, to get you on? We didn't give them a confession. Yeah, we, we held it down and we got back on the bus and made it to Sweden. Did they did they separate you guys, though, and interviewed you? Or were you guys yes. Like, so, okay, so that, that's probably, that sounds to me like loyalty, like a, like a lesson of loyalty. Oh, like. definitely. So, like, you guys all kind of had your own we, stories lined we up? We had that, we, like, we were being pulled into the holding together. And then we had that last look like, <laughs> don't tell him shit. <laughs> and we both knew, yeah, right. it was just held it down and, and didn't say anything. And wow. Yeah, made it to Sweden. Somehow That's scary. Going to jail. Yeah, I could have just been in Swedish jail right there. I don't know how I would have called my parents or whatever. You definitely do some, uh, it's a matter of doing some research beforehand then, just in case. But to tie it back, I think that confidence really saved my life right there i was able right. to just say no i don't know what you're talking about at all and <laughs> at some point he bought it he was like whatever let's just throw it away and let these guys go okay if we had admitted it they you probably would have thrown us into booking and all that yeah. well most people i think the majority of population would have got scared and given given in yeah i would say about 75 percent of people would probably do i that. think entrepreneurs have to have uh a backbone to like be in this environment where we don't know when we're getting paid oh, yeah. all the time. We don't know the outcome. We don't have a safety net most of the time. So I think that's really important because I saw uh, years ago a video of 50 Cent talking about uh, the rapper, right? <laughs> I got you. <laughs> so anyways, he said um, he's been around like the worst shit, right? 
he's in gangs, shootings, he's been shot. He's been shot. Yeah, I, I think like nine or ten, whatever. Like nine or eleven times. Yeah. yeah. And he said he's been through so much bad stuff that at this point nothing scares him in business. So he could be going yeah. through a bankruptcy and he reflects on what he went through, which sounds like what you did. Yeah, if you've been shot 11 times, you get into a business meeting and you have your nerves of steel. And, yeah, and the, the, the people might be smarter than you, have more money than you, but you really don't care. But he's going to hold his price firm. Right. He doesn't right. care. And negotiating, like, that's lose it. Lose the client. And negotiating, that's yeah. everything. Yeah. It's the, the balls of steel. Mm-hmm. Which, it sounds like a cliche, but it's so true. Right. Having the, the nerves to not care right. will make the business deal in the end of the day. Right, right. Um, what is that like? Um, being willing to lose the client or being willing to not be desperate mm-hmm. makes the other party be like, "Oh shoot, he's willing to walk away from the table. He's not bluffing. Mm-hmm. I should probably give it to him." And if you look at psychology, I mean, your body language tells a lot. Yeah. The way that you have so many muscles in your face, and and subconsciously we're able to read each other's faces right. in ways that we can't even understand. Right. But in a business meeting, if I'm kind of shook and unsure of what I'm doing and I'm shaking, you're going to sense that and you're going to feel like you're going to have the upper hand and you're going to tell me, hey, I'm only going to do it for 15%. But if I'm like, sorry, I don't care what you want, 20%, whatever, right? you'll probably lose the domination and you'll be like, okay, 20%. Like that little subtlety of mm-hmm. holding it down psychology yeah. that little holding it down and showing that you do not yeah. care at all yeah really will make or break a business deal sometimes right that's funny because I, I the years ago i watched the movie with leonardo dicaprio i don't know if you've seen it uh aviator I he's love howard hughes yeah i love that movie uh there's a scene where he's like on a cane i think and he's like struggling and he's shaking and he's like not doing well he wants to like basically fall down mm-hmm. he has a business meeting and he holds it down he pretends like nothing's wrong with him yeah do you remember that scene? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And he pretends like, okay, I'm feeling good. I'm confident. I'm going to speak to this business person. I'm going to get what I want. As soon as the guy walks out of the frame or the room or whatever, he's like falls apart. And it's like, yeah. oh, my God, I've been holding it, holding this down as if I can handle whatever it was, all that pain that he was going through internally. Yeah. That's even a greater point on top of it. I mean, I was thinking of 50 on a good day. But imagine he just went through a crazy breakup or like in the aviator, you remember the scene where he's in the theater and he's just losing his mind. When he goes to the bathroom, is that it? No, he's in his own home movie theater, oh, losing his mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On end. yeah, yeah. And then after that is that scene you were talking about where he does the business deal, whatever. I mean, on a day when you feel at your worst, still being able to hold that confidence right. and make something happen. One hundred percent. That's even. Yeah, that's that's crazy. Because, yeah. dude, sometimes when I'm in when I'm working as a realtor, there's moments where I, I'm sleep deprived. I have an eight. I don't even know what's going on in terms of like the market in a particular environment, but I just have the confidence walk in like I know what the hell I'm doing. Body language. I walk out and I'm good. So that's important. Yeah. Yeah. It's so it's yeah. More important than you think. Right. Well, there you go. Well, I hope everybody, uh, Took some good information from my buddy here, Shane, surfer, entrepreneur, and uh, thank you. Thank you all. Visit glistenco.com. Follow us on Instagram. I'll, I'll have him drop all the links in there. But Yep, it'll be there. If you, you need any house cleaning, property management, let me know. There you go. All right, man. Thank good you for stuff. having me on, man. I appreciate thank it. Thank you. Thank you.